Welcome back, podcast listeners. Now, in today's episode is another audio dump. This was a presentation I gave on October 29th in Toronto when I received one of the OCUFA Teaching Awards. OCUFA is the Ontario Confederation of University Faculty Associations, and every year they give out a handful of awards to professors um, from the province who have been recognized for extraordinary teaching and I was quite uh, honored to be one of the recipients this year. So at the awards ceremony we were asked to speak three to five minutes on one of five prearranged topics and I chose one on the future of teaching. Will teaching in the future resemble what it is today? I'm sorry I recorded this on my cell phone that was in my jacket pocket. As a result the audio quality is crap is absolutely atrocious and you can hear all sorts of rustling noises. Um, I can't fix that, I'm sorry. My audio skills aren't good enough to remove the scratchy uh, sounds of fabric against cell phone. But if you want to hear what I said, here are my thoughts. And uh, I give a slight disclaimer, which is I didn't prepare these thoughts. I thought of them on the spot, uh, no notes, and so I do ramble for a bit. But it's only three to five minutes. I'm sure you can deal with it. Uh, thank you very much. And now I'm going to ask Ray Watt, Dean Auden, to come up, and I'm going to read the citation. On behalf of the Teaching Academic Librarians of the Board Committee, I am delighted to present Dr. Ray Watt. I actually even asked him phonetically how to say that. Ray, with the 2015-15 award for his impact on teaching learning, which transcends the walls of his classroom, his local community, and across the world. Dr. Dean's professional career has been extensive, working as a high school teacher, martial artist, a novelist, a journalist, a comedy writer, an independent consultant and entrepreneur, and an epidemiologist. He was even a chief science advisor to the federal government prior to joining the Faculty of Health Sciences at the University of Ottawa. So Bob, here's somebody else to <laughs> He has used his expertise and contacts for many of his positions to help create incredible learning opportunities for students. Using knowledge as a journalist, he created the Interdisciplinary Journal of Health Sciences, which publishes manuscripts and devoted to disseminating student research. He developed a competitive grant writing experience where the format and timing allowed students to submit their completed grants to Gates Foundation competitions. He created bursaries to pay five students to participate in a consulting contract with the World Health Organization, offering invaluable experiential learning opportunities to these students in addition to financial support. As his nominator wrote, he has used his extensive professional network to arrange for internships for students both domestically and abroad in government, academia, and private industry, including research opportunities for students not even registered in his classes. Transcending the walls of the classroom to help teach students and also inform the broader public is something that distinguishes Dr. Dionato as an extraordinary educator. He is known to donate much of his time to public education, 
giving community presentations, volunteering with educational organizations, and developing tools and, in and initiatives for public edification. He has produced four internet podcasts specifically dedicated to public education and organizes students from around the country to submit their own tracks for the audio show. So, looking for student participation. He has written textbooks as well as books for public and even partnered with the German company, Lecturio, to create a series of educational videos about epidemiology. He developed a special one-month Global Health Summer Institute for young professionals in India in 2015, in partnership from scholars at the University of Saskatchewan. He also created an intensive workshop for public health students and professionals in the developing world, which was piloted in Rwanda. One of his colleagues noted that he extends his passion for education to the global corners of the world, citing contributions to capacity building and education in global health projects, including those in Guyana and India. In his teaching philosophy, Ray stated, everything is a story. The human animal is hardwired to learn through narrative. This philosophy is clearly evident in his classroom. One of the student comments in his nomination package stated, and I quote, I admire the way you taught lessons, not simply using theory, but by always sharing amazing stories and using relevant examples, unquote. Capturing students' interests through narratives in the classroom is just one way that Ray reaches his audience. He also excels at helping students and the public learn through books, newspapers, and magazines, articles, workshops, presentations, as well as scholarly articles. In fact, he's authored five books, edited two others, and in the eight years he has been a faculty member at the University of Ottawa, he's published an impressive 28 papers with students in various different journals. While pedagogy is not his main focus, Dr. Dianadu has nevertheless successfully obtained four grants relating to teaching and learning, and published five papers about his teaching innovation. His desire to share his knowledge is clearly visible to his students. One student wrote that his life, and I'm going to quote, reflects his passion for both learning and his subject matter. He even has a blog and podcast about science so that he can share his knowledge with anyone at any time, wherever they are. End quote. It is clearly evident from Dr. Bianadu's nomination package that simply sharing and disseminating his research and knowledge is not sufficient enough. Mentorship, both in research, teaching, and professional development are essential for him. He spent countless hours ensuring his students receive training and mentorship in research, publications, and presentations. Along with co-authoring papers with the students, he's also promoted and participated in the fourth year epidemiology poster event, which in the words of a colleague, ensures students receive training and research presentations in senior compulsory courses. Colleagues and students write about being extremely appreciative of the mentorship and opportunities that he has provided them. A former student wrote, it has been five years since I graduated from university, and I still regularly keep in touch with Ray a lot, because of his repeated encouragement, dot, 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 he is such an active mentor. Dr. Dianadu also extends mentorship beyond what he alone could offer his students. 
In recognition of the social and emotional stresses of transitioning from high school to university life, he created a peer mentor initiative known as the HSS Buddy Program, whereby senior students assist first-year students to integrate and adapt to university life and develop social supports. His efforts continually strive to support students and offer them mentorship opportunities so that they can excel in all facets of university life. One student wrote, you are and will continue to be an inspiration for my career. Thanks for your ongoing support since the first day you taught me. It has been irreplaceable and tremendously appreciated. While another student commented, you make a difference in so many lives, thank you. The Okufa Teaching and Academic Librarianship Committee are also appreciative of excellent teachers like you who inspire students in their classroom and whose impact extends beyond the walls of their classroom. It is for these reasons that you, Dr. Rewa Dionadu, are being recognized with the prestigious Akufa Teaching Award. Congratulations. So, um, David had notes. I don't have notes. Now I kind of regret not having notes. Because uh, I didn't anticipate being sort of emotionally moved, and I am. So, um, I want to thank Akufa, first of all, for the amount of work that went into this. I mean, there are so many nomination packages. I know our package was enormous as well. And so, I don't pretend for a second this was a small ordeal. It was, it was quite. Uh, Quite extraordinary. So thank you so much, and I want to congratulate my fellow winners as well as all the nominees because any one of us could have gotten this award and it's lucky that I was going to win five this year. So um, I chose the first topic that I was going to as I was going to talk about. My first topic is to describe how teaching will be in the future. And I chose it mostly because it was the first one. And I'm a fundamentally lazy guy who has to make his choices efficient. And when I, when I thought about that question, um, how will teaching be different in the future? The first thing that came to mind was the person who phrased this question wants me to talk about something specific. They want to talk about changing demographics. They want to talk about uh, challenges in funding or technology because we're all being forced into online teaching and things like that. I know that's what But I mean, those are real challenges. Those are real. And, and I know for certain that. Uh, 15, 20 years from now, the classroom will not resemble the classroom of today in terms of both technology and the kinds of people in the classroom. The lesson plans will be different, the objectives will be different, the words will be different, the cultural context of the classroom will be different. But I think the essence of teaching will be the same. I don't think anything important is going to change. And the reason for that is that the fundamental challenge will not change. What do I mean by the fundamental challenge? It's my belief that the human animal enters into life as a child. That's not disputable. We all enter as children. But as children, we are innate scientists and artists. Now think about it for a second. If you're a child, you're stumbling through your environment, experimenting all the time. Hey, does this break? Let's find out. Okay? Um, in fact, I, I, I was thinking back about my childhood, as I often do, because I think about myself a lot. Um, and I remember thinking about if I were to pour a glass of water, why wouldn't the water keep on stacking above the glass? It makes perfect sense. It's that checker, it's not stacking. And how can no one do 
Christmas. How come they stop pouring on that? And my first opportunity when I got a, a glass with a little liquid, I poured it, guess what? It spilled. Right? And I learned something that day. Uh, this again. Um, so that's just a, you know, a taste of the kind of experimentation with the natural world that children can make and do. So they're not just natural-born explorers of knowledge, they're also expressors of intent. So every child that you know naturally wants to be a storyteller. They naturally want to be a singer. They naturally want to rhyme and to write. They're a natural artist because artistry is the natural human state. Okay. Why is that? Because that's the way we're programmed. An evolutionary advantage to being someone who figures things about the universe and someone who can express the, uh, the complicated multidimensional facets of that universe to our colleagues. But somewhere along the line, from childhood to early adulthood, something's lost. Right? So by the time we find young people in our classroom, the enthusiasm for learning has been sucked why is that? I think it has something to do with our socialization efforts. I don't mean to criticize society. I think there's something innately uh, constructive about civilization that compels us to want to layer on certain kinds of things. And that is stifling the enthusiasm of our And so the job of an educator, in my opinion, is really uh, striving to strip away those layers of restriction, of helping students to rediscover the innate enthusiasm that's already there. Nothing special about our skill set is just we're helping you discover who you are in your true self. That's not going to change anytime soon. I think that innate challenge will be with us for the next couple of centuries because hopefully civilization will be with us for the next couple of centuries. So that's a long way of saying I don't really know the answer to that question, but I'll bluff until I figure it out. Part of the process or the challenge or the opportunity of uh, allowing students and helping them to figure out who they truly are is to always keep an inquisitive mindset ourselves. And as we get older, we get mired in uncertainty. I think certainty is a great uh, destroyer of enthusiasm of an, an exploratory mind. And so I try to leave my students with uh, what I think is the most important point in all of educational theory. It comes from Václav Havel, the uh, poet and former uh, Czech leader. And he said, Seek the company of those who seek the truth and run from those who have it. Thank you.